0: So, I guess the Lord wanted me to deliver this message setting down today. I don't know if it's that heavy or not, but we're going to sit down and talk. So, um, yeah. So, I don't know if you guys have noticed a theme as of late in the last two messages, but I would say freedom is your birthright, having to do with emotional freedom and spiritual freedom. That was Ruth uh, only a couple weeks ago. And then... Uh, She kind of opened up the door for Dave to be inspired to share on this idea of restoring the emotional ecosystem, right? Looking at your body, mind, and soul, or mind and spirit as a holistic ecosystem that's working together. Um, And what happens when an ecosystem gets out of balance in one area is the whole thing suffers, correct? So uh, the, the pattern that I was noticing is like we're going let's open the door to emotional health. Let's open the door to let you guys know that we want to be an emotionally healthy church. We want to be an emotionally healthy people. And that's not just because, like, we believe in the gospel of self-help here. Like, you're going to fix yourself or something like that. That's not what's going on here. What's going on here is that when your ecosystem is out of whack, everything else is out of whack, right? And so, like, you're called to... uh, minister the gospel. You're called to share the gospel. You're called to be a disciple of Christ. And um, it's really hard to do when you have sludge in your heart. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so my thinking in this message is we're going from, hey, we need to be emotionally healthy, to, hey, this is, there's an ecosystem going on that needs to be emotionally healthy to I'm kind of like a get down in the dirt kind of guy like let's dig together let's let's get emotionally healthy so what I intend to do today is to um to give you some actual tools uh that I've learned over the years and uh uh, uh through some of it through Ruth's ministry Mashah some of it through just on my own being a very like I had a ton of stuff to work through um in my life and um so so that's my hope in delivering this message and the idea of t- examining what is the abundance of your heart, right? What's coming out of your heart? And we look at the mouth as one of, and not just like we speak magic words and we should say the right things, but we look at the mouth as an indicator of what's going on inside your heart. And this is your spiritual heart, by the way. It's, it's actually, the Jewish thought is it's in your belly region. This is the seat of your heart. Inner man, essentially. So actually, put your hand on your heart and you can think about that. That's, there's power down there. That's where the rivers of living water are supposed to flow from. From your heart, right? And so, let's just jump right in. For there is no good tree producing bad fruit, nor again a bad tree producing good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit for they do not gather figs from thorns neither do they gather grapes from the bramble bush the good man the good man or woman out of the good treasure of his or her heart brings forth that which is good and the evil man out of the evil brings forth that which is evil for out of the abundance of his heart his mouth speaks right so that's that's what we want to look at is the good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good so it would only stand to reason that we should maybe examine what have we been storing up in our heart. Like it's not, I mean, you can store good things, like you can store like happy memories, you can store like the, 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 the birth of your, your children or the, um, a dream fulfilled, like you can store those things in your heart, but you can also store uh, traumatic events, you know, uh, car crashes or Like, um, especially like relational things where you have relational strife with family members or, you know, uh, friends or, you know, a spouse cheats on another spouse or sickness like in in another family member and you can carry those things in your heart and it creates a sludge. Um, I'm going to use a really gross example, but I have a septic system at home and (laughs) <clears throat> if you don't clean that out regularly and treat that stuff regularly, there's this really nasty black sludge that it can it can only be taken out with like a pressure washer and like sucking that out, and then they have to treat that that stuff at a at a special facility. <clears throat> and so, um, it's a gross example, but can you imagine what would happen if even for a year you didn't deal with these things, and they get stuck in your heart. Can you imagine five years? Can you imagine a decade? Do you imagine what that does? Like, the, the rivers of living water are supposed to flow from that area, but you've got, like, 12 inches of sludge down there, you know what I mean? That's not to be condemning. Most people don't think about it. Most people just, like, you just want to move forward after something happens. Right? If you're offended, or someone owes you a debt because they treated you poorly, or—and I'm just being really general here—like everybody has their own things that have happened, right? And if we don't deal with those things, sludge forms, and it's just going to stop you up. It's going to stop you from really not only living a fulfilled uh, life as a believer, but it's going to stop you from even doing the things that God's called you to do. Because it'll it'll just it'll be like you'll you'll hit these walls, um, so what we want to do is we can look at the we can look at what's coming out of our mouth. I don't want you to just change your words. I want you to look at the words that you're speaking, the full content of what you're speaking as a um, indicator or a litmus test of like, hey, what's going on in my heart here? right because we want to be free right so Ruth said freedom is your birthright that means it's your inheritance that means Jesus came to set you free and he is free is free indeed but if you're not living free if you're not living free emotionally like if every time uh, every time someone says a particular thing to you and now all of us have a particular thing that someone might say I think people like spouses especially know how to push your buttons if they want to and if every time they push that button your um, your response is, like, out of control, right? Or sometimes people don't mean to push a button. Sometimes people are just being themselves and they accidentally step on an area that's painful, all right? Again, you can look at that response that you give and understand that means something's out of whack. But then what do we do about that, right? <clears throat> so that's my goal is to give us some tools. It's not going to be an exhaustive list of things. Many of us are all in different phases of of actually understanding the tools that you can uh, use with the Lord to be free. And the great thing is um, we have lots, we have a decent amount of people here, especially Ruth Hendrickson, who's an international minister whose entire ministry is getting people free from emotional um, junk, the sludge, right? And so we have Ruth, um, my wife is, is involved in that ministry. I'm involved in that ministry. Um, so if you, want further, if you want further tools, you don't have to look very far. We can, we can do this together. <clears throat> so what's coming out of you? Is it uplifting? Is it edifying? Is it aligned with the truth of the good news? Are, are, realities, are God's realities being declared through your tongue? Is your mouth making agreements with the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness? Right? There's two kingdoms. And depending on what you're saying and how you're thinking you, is how you're aligning yourself to that kingdom in this reality. And so, <clears throat> so what we want to do is like not primarily be speaking the thoughts of man. We don't want to primarily be speaking what we see as earthly realities. We don't want to be speaking bitter judgments over people and condemnation over people because that is sludge. That is sludge. All you're doing is putting sludge in your heart. And, um, you know, we, we don't, we don't want to live that way. It's not fun. Um, so do you know what's in your heart? If you take a look at what you're speaking, you'll, figure, you'll, you'll find out, like, what's going on in there, right? Um, and a lot of this stuff can be scary, right? A lot of times, it's a lot easier to just, like, intellectualize things. And I'm not downplaying people that are strong thinkers. I'm not downplaying even intellectual abilities. But what I'm, what I'm saying is it can, it's safer because emotions can be pretty intense, right? Emotions can be scary. Um, anger, bitterness, rage, resentment, all of these things are actually pretty scary. So it's a lot easier at times to just like disconnect yourself from those emotions and just think about things intellectually. And what I'm trying to do is actually all of us to bring us to a spot where like we're not scared. We can do this thing with the Lord. We can do this thing. We have tools. And we can be free, and we can live free, um, and we can take our body from a place that it is now, which is, I think, actually, I think a lot lot of us are in a pretty good spot, but I think to get to the place where God has us as a healthy community, the church can't be limping around, right? We can't be limping around to to do what the Lord does. And a lot of us are walking with a spiritual limp. A lot of us are walking with stuff in our hearts that doesn't, it just doesn't belong there. It's not for you. God has designed you to be free. So, today my goal is to present you with the truth that will lead you to personal choice. What I share today, I hope, will lead you to a personal choice. And, um, and with the knowledge that I share will come a responsibility, right? So, I don't share things lightly because I know what I'm doing. If you're listening to me and you're receiving what I'm saying and the Holy Spirit's talking, you actually become responsible for what I'm about to say. And so it's it's a big deal, and it's your it's your choice. And many of us have made that choice, and many of us hadn't known that there is a choice to be made. But the choice is: are you are you wanting to be transformed and renewed in your mind? Are you wanting to be able to know what the truth is? Are you wanting to love like you're supposed to be able to love? Are you wanting to share the gospel like Bill is always like, hey, let's share the gospel, right? Like, are you wanting to do the things that a disciple should do? And if if you're if you're if you're not, a lot of times it's because there's just there's stuff inside. Fear, anxiety, bitterness. Judgments are a big one. Like, oh, I can't share the gospel because then I'll be like this person that, was, that I judged. That's, you know. A big one for me would be like I had encounters with street preachers in uh, New York City, because my one uncle lived in New York City, and I remember going there as a child and thinking to myself, "What the heck's going on with this wacko? Like, why well, is he's like literally sitting on a bo- standing on a box and preaching out there, right?" And what can happen is you can knowingly or unknowingly make a judgment on somebody, and what happens is when you do that, if you were to do a same thing or similar thing, you're going to actually fall under your own judgment, your own judgment. So, Scripture is clear: Do not judge, yes, let you, lest you'll be judged, and. And what that, like the way that I think about that is more in terms of um, sowing and reaping. What you sow, you'll reap a harvest in, right? So if you sow in a judgment on a particular behavior or a particular person's way of being, you actually reap that in the spiritual realm. So again, um, I'm just trying to illustrate different behaviors that we may have, because a lot of us, you don't know it. You get used to being the way that you are. You get used to being... And I'm, I'm look, I keep looking at Richie, and I'm not... I'm, I'm sorry, man. It's, it's, you're actually just... You happen to be in the right side of life. It's, he's, I'm going to get a phone, like a phone call after a second. What's going on, Josh? You're just staring. What the heck, man? Anyway. Um, so... Yeah, Doug's a friendly face, too. That's good. I'm to look at Doug. Um, so anyway, my goal is to make us aware of what's going on in our hearts. Because your heart directs your behavior. What you believe directs what you do. So I I did a a sermon a few years back on the idea that behavior follows belief. So whatever you're believing about a certain thing is how you're going to be behaving about that certain thing. And um, so yeah, so back to my point. So I'm going to share things that will make you accountable to the Lord if that's okay with you, then keep listening. If it's not okay with you, you know, think about Mother's Day or mowing the lawn. or. <laughs> All right, well, I gave you the better choice, then you can think about this. Um, so it begins with your choice. It begins with your desire to truly be free. Okay? A lot of people don't understand this, but your, your will is a very powerful thing. Your will is part of your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. And a lot of people don't understand that when you're activating your will in a healthy way, like you're desiring what God wants for you, that it's extremely powerful. It's extremely, um, like when you go ahead and align your will to God's will, it, it, it really does release things. And so, if you, so it begins with a choice. It begins with a desire to be truly free. And... Um, And it begins with what I like to think, I like to think about simple things, right? There are simple things that we do to align our will with the Lord. And so, literally, you could say, Lord, I desire to be free. And if that's an earnest prayer from your heart, Lord, I don't want to live this way anymore. I want to be free. I want to be free emotionally. You pray that prayer coupled with your desire to be in alignment with God's will and your choice to do so. That's a prayer that the Lord will begin to answer, but then you have to be ready for what that means because you're actually stepping into a journey. You know, in a fast food generation, we need to understand and embrace the fact that transformation into the image of Christ takes time. You're not going to go order a cheese... It's not like ordering a cheeseburger. It's not like getting that that fries. It's, 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 It's a process that you have to understand that you're stepping into, and it's the process of being made into the image of Christ. Like... And really, we need to just get sick of the way that things are. If you get sick enough of the way things are and you are ready to pray this prayer, um, you can walk in some, in some freedom. So, so the journey to a healthy heart, it's a process. It starts by your choice and an earnest desire to be free. As much as you want to be free, you have to understand God wants you to be free more than even you want to be free, more than your spouse wants you to be free. And I know there's a lot of spouse praying for their other spouse, it's like Lord would you change that would you change this let me tell you I'm going to give you a trick ask the Lord what his will is for your spouse and then declare that and pray that because it's actually uh, it's going to sound so weird but like if you pray for your spouse to change because they're bugging you it's not the same prayer as if you pray <laughs> for their earnest good for them to be transformed because they're hurting because, because they're not walking in the fullness of God <laughs> I'll tell you what it's, it's a true thing. Um, so I wanted to share with you some important truths f- for this process. And um, it, this is a lot of the stuff that I've learned. Not, I haven't learned on my own, but I've learned over the years, right? So like I, the reason I'm the kind of guy that wants to share this message is because I have been terribly emotionally unhealthy. I have been terribly manipulative, I have I have experienced terrible traumas that have caused me to be dysfunctional in a lot of different ways, and I have a ton of victory. I have a ton of victory, and this is this is part of the process that I learned, but it's also part of the process that uh, many inner healing um, many inner healing movements use, and, and particularly um, I'm a real big fan of of the model that Ruth Hendrickson has developed. It's called Misha, you know, and um, it means, to, it means to draw out. It means to, so like, what's in your heart? Let's pull that out. Let's, let's go before the Lord. And it's not like some magical prayers. It's really, Lord, I desire to be free. We're going to listen to the Holy Spirit as, as to, like, what areas do you want to work on being free? And then we just simply take whatever lies you've been believing, right? Because belief, behavior follows belief. So we take the lies that you've been believing, and we ask the Lord for the truth. And then you begin to believe the truth, and that's actually what the homework is. So what happens is we break stuff off in the spiritual realm, because the spiritual realm is the original realm. The spiritual realm is where everything came from. The scripture says that what is seen came from what is unseen, right? So what happens is when you start to, um, when you start to understand the power of uh, forgiveness, the power of repentance, these are, these are spiritual realm gifts. These are not necessarily physical realm gifts, although... Forgiveness does mean a cancellation of debt, but in the spiritual realm, we've been forgiven, right? If you're a believer in Jesus, if you've, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, and you're submitting to the Lordship of Jesus, then you are forgiven. And it's a, it's a spiritual thing, it's the, spir- the spiritual things that, you've, that that's going on like that sets you free. Um, so anyways, I'm, I'm going to unpack some, some of the things about forgiveness and repentance and just some basic tools that if we did these things every day or regularly, the sludge in your heart would be gone. You'd start to live a different kind of abundance would be coming out of your heart and out of your mouth. So back to point two, important truth through the process. We need to trust God's ability to mold you above your ability to make yourself change. We need to trust God's ability to mold us above our ability to make ourselves change, and I'll tell you why this is a, a truth that's really important. Is because I used to serve what I would call the gospel of self-help. It's like if everything will be okay if I'm able to change myself and read enough self-help things and to transform myself. And the reality is that's that's just not true. And that's a lie. Um, you can't you you can't change yourself enough. The scripture says that your righteousness is actually like filthy rags, which means your efforts, filthy rags, not enough. Efforts of Jesus Christ, royalty rags, <laughs> royalty, right? Like like that that blood covers you, right? So as believers, we actually have like an extra help, so to speak, in that we have the Holy Spirit that that fills us. We have the Um, the truth of of what God's done um, by sending Jesus. Um, And so it's not not something where we can read enough books and change our behavior enough to be good. You can't do that. Scripture says you can't do that. But what we can do is agree with what God says about us, and we can put in the legwork and partner with him in that. So trust God's ability to mold you above your ability to make yourself change. And then number two, God uses real-life circumstances to mold you. So keep that in mind. So when you go ahead and pray the prayer that I just said, Lord, I desire to be free, get ready for your circumstances to be designed to make you free. Uh, Man, if if I could pick just, I have to think of one. There was a year in my life where I got four flat tires. Okay, so sometimes a flat tire is a flat tire you ran over a nail, right? Sometimes a flat tire is you're on your way to do something for the Lord and the enemy's like, boom, we're taking that tire out or we're taking that leg out, like we're going to try to stop you. Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes it's a circumstance that the Lord has allowed and designed in your life so that he can get to the sludge in your heart, right? So if it, if, 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 uh, like, what So like, what did the flat tire produce in my life? Like, four flat tires is like, that's ridiculous. I mean, I got a new car because like, I'm like, we're not getting flat tires like same anymore. This is ridiculous. But, um, it's like, I don't like the, I love the look of those low profile tires, but I'll never put those on my car again. I'm serious, you know how many potholes are around Pennsylvania? <laughs> right, so I, I, addressed, I, I addressed the natural, and we got, no, we got rid of those, but, what it produced in me was a tremendous amount of fear because part of the, my job at that time was that I worked outside and I have and I, you know I walk walk dogs and I have to walk and I have to be able to drive to the house that <laughs> that the dog is living at and all that kind of stuff and so what a flat tire represented to me was like God are you gonna keep are you gonna keep me safe are you gonna provide for me am I gonna you know like so like I would have these catastrophic reactions right to no, you just you take the tire off, you put another tire on, you go buy another tire. God is provider; everything will be fine. Like, but I didn't believe that, right? So the four flat tires in one year—you could say—was God showing me what's in my heart, because I did want to be free, right? So I, because I wanted to be free, He took my circumstances and He used He used those things. I'm not saying God gave me a flat tire. I'm saying there's a flat tire that was allowed to teach me something. And thank the Lord I was able to be around a community of people that could teach me that and call me up and and um, sort of help me focus on the greater reality of what was going on that, hey, you're in a transformation process and God uses the things that are close to you uh, to do that. So God uses real life circumstances. Do not be surprised when that happens a lot of us know that already, but it 's also just a good it 's a good good rule of thumb to remember um, and so here 's an interesting one you were made for healthy community, but it starts with you it starts with you if you want a healthy community, it starts with you it starts with me it starts with Dave it starts with Jamie it starts with everybody that 's sitting in the seat right and um, A healthy community would be, maybe I would say, characterized as like, uh, you're not lording your position over somebody else, right? You're not, uh, you're, you're, basically, all of us desire the ultimate good for everybody else that's here, and we're willing to see each other how God has created us to be, and not, um, not necessarily as we are. Right? Like, I know I have limitations, and you can lovingly call me on that, but the reality is if I go through something that's a difficult circumstance, like, say, um, I'm experiencing a panic attack, right? Like, don't tell me don't be afraid, but come along, you can come alongside me and say, well, you know, I understand that this is how you're feeling. Like, I understand that this is what you're going through, but here's the truth of what God has for you. Here's who you are. And, like, and so we, instead of calling people out on their stuff, you call people up into who they are, right? And that's, you know, that's more of a vision piece. That's more of a, like, like, how we want to be, right? Like Dave, in the last sermon that he said, he said something, in the last sermon that he gave, he said something like, I want us to be an emotionally healthy church. I want us to function in the fullness of, of freedom. I want us to be free. Right? And so these are some ways that we can, uh, in the process, um, understand like, what's going to happen if you agree. Right? Like I said, I'm going to present you with information that's going to lead you to a choice. And the choice is yours. You don't have to choose into it, but I, I would hope that we will. It begins with your desire to be truly free. And it begins with just a simple prayer, Lord, I desire to be free. You pray that prayer. I promise you these things are going to come up but I promise I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to be there. I'll pr- I'll pr- I'll pray through things with you. I'll we'll walk with you, and we'll get our congregation to a place where like we're no longer hindered by things that could be easily easily dealt with. I mean, it's painful, but it's easily e- they're easily dealt with when you know some of these things. Um, and so, number four, I would say. This is probably one of the most important things to begin to realize. Forgiveness and repentance are a gift from God and you should use them often. Like do you forget to breathe in and out? <laughs> if you forget to breathe then we'll have a different kind of talk. <laughs> but we don't forget if we so forgiveness and repentance me forgiving someone who's done something to hurt me and me repenting for any way that I've participated in that, any sins that I've committed in that um, should be like I'm breathing in and out. It becomes automatic. Like it should become an integral part of who you are. And I'm not talking about just like the theological sense of like I'm the forgiveness that comes from God and my repentance be for him to be saved. I'm talking about like this stuff will help you inter- uh, inter, be inter uh, what 's the word to look for relationally it 'll help you in relationships it 'll help you in uh, keeping your heart clean, keeping the sludge out like it's it's much like i 'm not great at cleaning things, but i 've come to know that if I leave dishes in the sink for a week, they smell bad i 'm not great at it my, don't my wife she 's not here right now, so she can 't laugh at me but it 's true. You know, so imagine I leave the dishes in the sink for two weeks, three weeks. What kind of black mold and gook is on that, right? It's like clean it out once a day. If you clean it out once a day, I mean, I mean some of us have like huge families, but still like if you clean out the dishes once a day, it's not going to stink. It's not going to be sludge. You're going you're gonna to be able to eat off those clean plates a lot better, so... Um, so I want us to be a healthy community, and I think we've been doing a great job at that. I really do. I think, like, the leadership has come a long way since I first got here. Our desire to see people clearly. I'm not talking about Dave, but he's laughing at me like I am. <laughs> and, and I've come a long way, too. Like, I've, I've learned a lot over the years. But um, why would we want to be a healthy community? Well one thing is um you'd be able to to fulfill the call of God on your life that's one that's one small thing um, you wouldn't do things that sabotages you or sabotages other people you know um, I didn't print out the scripture, but as I was researching this, there was a scripture that basically said like You um, can essentially. It was the idea of like, in your bitterness, you'll bite at each other, and if you're not careful, you'll just consume each other, right? I don't want to be like that. A lot of us has come from from congregations and communities where crazy stuff has happened, right, right, and an unhealth in your soul and in your emotions is just makes it that much harder to, to actually be a disciple of Jesus Christ right and um, so I just desire for us to be a healthy community and whatever that looks like from the Lord's perspective and I like I said I think we're doing that I think we are walking to it and a lot of times I just like to point out the obvious things to me so that we could be free right um, So, like, let's examine our hearts together. Let's allow the truth to shine in and reveal what exactly each of us has been storing in our hearts. You know, and later in service, hopefully, uh, I think, John, Jonathan, are you on for, for praying today? So, later in service, maybe we'll have, an, we'll have an opportunity to actually do what I'm talking about doing. Um, and so... You know, I want to encourage you not to be afraid, right? This is going to be scary stuff. This is going to be like, emotions are powerful, and a lot of times people shut their emotions off because they freak them out. We don't have to do that. We can allow the spirit of the living God to cleanse us. We can allow the spirit of the living God to refresh us, to realign our souls to his soul, and we can become a community that doesn't just talk the talk, it walks the walk. And um, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. So like to walk, sometimes it's, help, it's helpful to, because we, be, we have the way that we are, like, we have the way that we're used to being, we have the way that we're used to operating, we have the way that we're used to um, responding or reacting to circumstances and situations, it's helpful just to have, like, a list of, like, what are some indicators that, hey, maybe my heart might be off, right, because we just get used to being the way that we are, and, um, Sometimes when you look, look at like a list of things or you kind of look at yourself in the mirror of things, like a great, a great tool is like the fruits of the Spirit. Scripture says the, fr- the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's, it also says those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires so it's not crucifying your good desires; it's actually crucifying the sinful nature desires. Right? It's crassif- some. It's actually crucifying some of these some of these things in this list down here. But um, so, like, let's take a look at this at this list over here. Um, just these are a few indicators as I was thinking through the sermon preparation. Of uh, you know, there might be something going on. There might be some sludge in your heart. There might be some things that need to go on. So. The biggest one for me has always been an emotional over-response to things. Um, there's also another one that I was thinking through, which is like an under-response to things. So, But it's been much easier to identify areas of unhealth in my life when I would over-respond to a circumstance. So I mentioned flat tires in a car, right? Or a huge one for me was um, early on in our relationship, Laura and I, we found out that if she asked me why, why is this going on or why is that going on? And I didn't know the response. I would become actually aggressive towards her. I would actually become uneasy. Um, essentially, some people would say I'd become triggered. And what, what I had to discover was I was over-responding to a thing. And I, had, I went back in and understood that uh, as, a, as a teenager... Uh, my father expected a lot from me, what I would characterize a lot, and so he would often ask me, hey, wh- where's your brother and sister, or why is this broken, or what's going on here, and if I didn't give him an actual answer that made sense, and I said, I don't know, I would get in trouble. I would be, I would be punished, right? And so, again, my dad did the best that he could for who he was, it, 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 I'm sure he didn't he didn't intend to like cause this thing, but what it did in me was cause an unhealth in an area of, um, like, if you asked me why and I didn't know, I, would be, I might become a jerk to you, right? And you didn't do anything to me. It was something that was going on inside of me. So, so one key indicator is like an over-response. You know, they, typically they say it's like a it's like $100 response to a dollar offense. Like, so if you're chronically doing that, if you're chronically, like, over-responding to things, that's an indicator of some, some health that's going on. Um, and then the other one that I did want to examine with you was this idea of under-response, which is, like, a circumstance happens, but instead of responding what would be, like, a healthy way or normal, you don't respond to it all, right? You, you block it off, which I've been, I've done that, I've done that as well, right? I told you, I'm a pretty messy guy, <laughs> pretty messy guy, but... Um, so that's 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 one. That's kind of an interesting one. Um, here's one that's kind of an indicator of like trauma that has occurred in your life that hasn't been dealt with. But your mind and your your mind and your brain, your body's trying to figure out like what's going on here. And it's if you have an event that continually replays it over and over again in your mind, that's actually your 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 brain trying to figure out what just happened to you, and um, and that can produce a lot of like. Uh, it can produce a lot of, like, fear. Especially, like, um, my wife was in a motorcycle accident um, early on before we were married. And um, she got rear-ended by a, a, a Penske truck. She was sitting on the back of a, uh, I think they call it, like, a, uh, not a sport bike, but uh, what's the other kind of bike that has the bags on it and all that stuff? It's like a, to- like a touring bike, right? So she got rear-ended. She was, on, she was sitting on the very rear of the seat. Someone else was driving. She got rear-ended, and she went... She had a helmet on, thankfully, but she went over, landed on the helmet. She, unfortunately, was wearing a dress and she got lots of road rash and stuff like that. She just ended up in the middle of the street. She sat up and I think she was, I was one of the first persons that she called. And so, what actually ended up happening was days after that, she couldn't stop the event from replaying over and over and over again in her mind. And, and so we did. What, what we ended up doing was, thankfully, Ruth Hendrickson was around at that point, and so we, we had her um, go in for a massage session with Ruth, and um, they were able to pray through some some things and get a different perspective. And it allowed Laura's mind to process what had happened, and it stopped the trauma from replaying over and over again because she understood where God ended up. Scott actually showed her a pretty powerful picture of His protection, and. And in doing so, she stopped playing this trauma over and over again in her head. And so I would say some other indicators are constant fearfulness, a constant focus on problems. I like to call this an Eeyore spirit. I maybe shouldn't say this too, but I'm gonna say it anyway. So who's Eeyore from, from Winnie the Pooh, right? Oh, woe is me. <laughs> right? Now I'm not downplaying your feeling, whoa, what I'm saying is if you're in a, in a, unable, to focus on something that's good, if you're unable to focus on anything but the problems you see, right? Like, we all have problems. It's okay. It's not, it's not a wrong thing to focus on some things, but it's not, like, if, the, if 90% of the content of your mouth and your heart is focused on the problems that you have, there's probably a level of unhealth going on there. Um, I'd say this is a big one, an excessive need to win an argument. Kind of this need to be right even at the expense of like a, a, like, a, like, a, like a relationship, like I need to be right, you know, and I know lots of us have done that. <laughs> Here's another good one for, um, for us today, is excessive focus on how situations affect oneself. So my inability to think about how, uh, how situations affect other people and I only ever think about myself, that's, that's an indicator of emotional unhealth. And this is probably a big one, I would say, for the church, and even sometimes people in leadership at the church, um, and not just our church, but church in general, is sort of this desire, whether you know it or not, to dominate, manipulate, intimidate, or control other people to gain your preferred outcome, right? So, like, I really want you guys to stand up and worship the Lord, so I say things like, um, well, I guess I'm the, I guess, I guess, nobody loves the Lord, right? Like, and it's like a silly example, but and it's 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 a thing that like I mean and it gets worse obviously in in relationships right you have people people in a relationship will do what's called gaslighting you and and you'll say they'll say to you like uh, oh no that's not what happened this is what happened like how you see it is completely invalid it's only how I see it this is what actually happened right and 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 it's not like a a full depth of unpacking that but these are just an idea of, like, these are some things to think about. Like, if you're experiencing some of these things or you're seeing some of these things, I know we'll see a lot of these things in other people, but, like, hey, let's look at ourselves, right? So, like, I can think about a bunch of different people that are doing some of these things, but, hey, this is about getting the sludge out of our own hearts here. Um, So, like, let's get, actually, I don't think I have any more, yeah, I don't have any more slides, but let's kind of get into the nitty-gritty of... um, how do we deal with this stuff, right? How do we get free? How what are the tools and the gifts that God's given us to be free? And I've talked about this a lot with my wife. We talk about it constantly, and it's really it's really understanding when to forgive, when to repent, when to break off judgments, when to break off vows, and breaking any agreements that you've made with the kingdom of darkness. And um, and so the <clears throat> so the way that we do that is um, understanding forgiveness. I don't want to go too deep into what forgiveness is. It's been talked about a lot from this. Like if you're interested in researching more on what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not, there's plenty of sermons that we've um, done um, that you can like look on um, on our website. You can look up Ruth Hendrickson. But basically forgiveness is not it's not reconciliation, it's not condoning what the other person has done, it's not, it's, not re- it's not releasing them from any, like, so like if someone, for example, did something that the, the law would have to get involved with, it's not, it's not not. calling the police, but forgiveness is canceling a debt that they owe you. So this person did this to me, and now they owe me something. And forgiveness is oftentimes extremely hard because actually you are owed something, but the good news is that because Jesus has forgiven you so much, you can forgive. There's a parable of, um, uh, there's a, parable of a, a king, I think it was, that um, it's his servant owed him a bunch of money. And when the servant couldn't pay, he was supposed to be thrown in jail, but the king forgave him. So the king forgave him of a debt. And then the crazy thing is, this guy gets out of jail, and he goes and puts one of his, his own servants in jail for owing him a debt that was even less than what he owed, I think, to the king, right? And so once the king found out about that, what did he do? He said, oh, no, you're going to jail. You're going to owe me everything. And essentially, it's, it's this idea, like what you can take away from that is like, because you've been forgiven so much, you are required forgive now that's a really hard thing to say but it's the truth you're required to forgive and if you can't forgive right away sometimes I mean listen there's huge huge events that happen but you really need to move from a place of unforgiveness to a place of desiring to forgive to a place of true forgiveness and because forgiveness sets people free sets you free too and so forgiving is one of the things that will clean out your heart all right, so another one is repentance. When should we repent? I, I, I think that, you know, repentance has like this big theological term. It's like this big theological idea. But really, like, I like to think of it like interpersonally, when someone's wronged you, you, you probably actually had a bad response too. And so it's just taking responsibility for the part that you played in the thing. And if you don't think that you played a role, you're wrong you all you always play a role two two people are always playing a role and um and so simply simply like lord i 'm you know you can ask for forgiveness and you just have a different thought so repentance is uh, turning from i 'm going this way and i 'm choosing to go this way right now so lord i 've been angry and bitter and upset at this person I know that bitterness and anger and is not is a sin it 's not for me it 's not right and lord i 'm asking you for forgiveness and i 'm choosing to to ask you to help me to walk in love towards that person. I'm choosing to ask you to walk in, for me to walk in forgiveness for that person. So, simple tools of forgiveness and repentance daily will go a long way to keeping your heart clean, which will make the abundance of your heart not muck and scum, but the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. All of the things that we, like, as Christians, know that we should do and it's easy to rattle it off at the tongue, but it's a lot harder to walk out those things. And so the other thing I wanted to jump into real quick is um, judgments, right? So scripture says, do not judge, lest you'll be judged. And really this has the idea of I'm sitting in the seat of God. God is the judge. You are not the judge. You are not the judge. So if you sit in the seat of judge, you're actually, you're actually usurping the role of God. In that moment, and I'm not saying don't judge reality correctly. I'm not saying don't ass- assess a situation correctly. What I am saying is, like, if you have a thought like, that person who stole my parking spot is such a duh duh, 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 that is a judgment. That is a proclamation that's you sitting in the seat of God and condemning the identity of another person, another human being made in the image of God. Now, are you going to do that? Yes, you're going to do that. You are human. You have human emotions. You're going to get angry. People are going to do things that upset you. But we can, if you walk through forgiveness and you walk through repentance, when that happens, you'll be clean, and you'll be healthier, right? So, so that's one example of breaking off a judgment. And then a vow would be something. A lot of times, they, a vows happen knowingly or unknowingly. So they happen oftentimes in childhood when you're into it, like a situation like, and nine times out of ten my experience, they've been with like, you know, my mom did this, and I'll never be like my mom, or my dad did this, or does this, or acts this way, and I'll never be like that. That's actually, that's a vow coupled with a judgment, and what happens is, don't judge, lest you'll be judged, right? So what happens is, you ever wonder why, like, as you age, you're like, man, why do I keep doing the same things that my dad did, or why do do I keep doing the same things that my parent did, or my my one grandparent are like, why do I keep, why don't, you and and a lot of times it's because you're actually reaping a judgment, you're reaping a judgment in an area that you've judged someone else. And so it's really, really simple. Lord, I break off the judgment, break off the judgment the way that I judged my dad. I know that he was doing the best that he could, or um, he's doing the best that he could, and, um, you know, I want to be free. I mean, a lot of this goes back to the simple thing, like, I Lord, I desire to be free. I'm desiring to lay down the way that I think things are supposed to operate, for your, the way that they operate um, according to your word and according to what will you know what will keep me free. And so, and then the very last one that I wanted to go over was uh, this idea of breaking an agreement with the kingdom of darkness. Now, Jamie had um, was it Robert Henderson, Robert Henderson uh, come out um, to some PTOD events, and he was a keynote speaker and. What's really interesting is he's kind of this this guy that has written a lot on understanding the sort of the legal nature of the spiritual realm, in some ways, and and you, the word Satan, the Satan, it means an, it means an accuser, and that's a legal term. So literally, the accuser is accusing you, right? And so when we're talking about when we're talking about an agreement, we're talking about if you make an agreement with the accuser. So if, you, if your words are like, I'm trying to think of like a good one, but um, like, a, like a, someone steals your parking spot and you're upset, but then a thought comes to you, that person is this, right? So like that person is such a jerk, what the heck's wrong with them? Why would we do this, right? There's a, there's a, If that's not your own thought, that could be a thought of the accuser. I think maybe somebody had a parking spot stolen recently today, I'm not sure. but um, If you agree with that, you're making a, like a contract in the spiritual realm. You're making a contract with the accuser. So the accuser says this about my mom or dad. And yes, I agree, this is what's been said. And then what happens is, takes that piece of paper you know i'm not saying i've ever seen this but i'm just giving you a for instance take that piece of paper that you've signed in the spiritual realm and says judge you you need to let me enforce this because they have agreed with what i said and so that's a lot that's like a like a a lot of a lot of stuff and the biggest one is like you agree with what the enemy says about you like oh i'm i'm dumb i'm not smart oh i always i always trip and fall and Bruise my ankle or whatever. Like, like these are silly, thi- you think they're silly things, but you're actually empowering an agreement with the enemy to enforce more of that same kind of thing to happen. So, what do you do? It's very simple. Once you realize this, once you realize that that's something that's happened, Lord, I break agreement with, this, with, with the demonic. Lord, I break agreement with any, any, any way in which I agreed with the demonic that I'm dumb, that I'm not smart, that I'm not pretty, that I'm not beautiful, that, uh, that I don't know how to do things, that I don't know how to look things up, that I don't know how to preach, that I don't know how to teach, that I don't... Like all these different things. Um, you just break agreement with it, and what happens is now you're doing the work in the spiritual realm, and then you can, uh, you can be freer to walk out that, that in the natural realm. Uh, Jamie, do you, are you going to jump up here? Do you have... Uh, so I'm going to just have Jamie come up and start playing. And... Um, So this, you know, I'm kind of getting down in the dirt with you guys. I'm kind of getting down from the big picture, like, hey, you can be free to getting into, like, let's be free. Like, let's do the stuff. Let's be free. Um, and honestly, like, if we did this stuff and we, we did choose to forgive daily... Like, if you forgave as much as you brushed your teeth, your teeth and your soul would be pretty clean. And so I think, I mean, the solution is that we need to forgive, we need to repent, we need to break off judgments, we need to break agreement with the kingdom of darkness in the same way that we breathe in and out. We need it to become an automatic way of being and we need to, to just breathe in that forgiveness and breathe out Repentance we need to repent regularly we need to maintain our hearts uh, it's just it's spiritual hygiene it's just spiritual hygiene but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control And we want to be in proper balance with all things. We want excellence of the body, excellence of the mind, excellence of the spirit. Sort of like an idea of, Dave mentioned the word arete the other, the other day when he was given his message. You know, arete is excellence of body, mind, and spirit. We want a holy arete. We want our whole being to be as God intended it. To be clear, we must understand that we can't make that happen on our own but we, do, we, we bear responsibility in the process as we submit to the Lordship of Jesus. As we submit our desires to God's desire through humility and receiving empowering grace from God, we begin to experience health. Jesus is our Savior. He's our example of what is available to us, and he's also our example of what's available to us while we're still residing on the earth. If we see it in Jesus, it's actually available to us through our sincere surrender to the Holy Spirit. Jesus did promise that we would do what he did in even greater things. And I honestly, I believe that that this process of getting emotionally healthy, it's part of the path of actually doing the greater works. So I'm going to call Jonathan up and maybe some other people up. And um, I know we don't, I know that it's Mother's Day. I know that probably a lot of us have plans. But if, um, you know, if you want to walk through forgiving some people, if there's anybody that that the Lord's put on your mind that you need to forgive, and um, if there's any behaviors that you want to repent for, you can do it in your seats for sure. Um, But I've noticed there's a power in coming into healthy community with other people and doing that with them and and listening to the Holy Spirit. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll move the camera in a, in a second. And, um, you know, you can feel free to come up and do that. You can feel free to, I mean, I encourage you to do this in the, in your seat and like a, a really simple exercise to do to see if you're out of whack is like, just read the fruits of the spirit, but the fruit of the spirit is love. Lord, Am I experiencing your love? Lord, am I loving the way that you love? Lord, is there any way that love is out of balance in my heart? The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Lord, am I experiencing your joy? Lord, am I experiencing uh, the fullness of your joy? Lord, am I joyful around other people? Lord, do I carry joy with me? Peace. Lord, am I experiencing your peace? Are there any areas where I'm not experiencing your peace? Do I carry peace with me? Do people feel peaceful around me? Do people feel accepted when they're around me? Do people feel rejected when they're around me? Am I overlooking anybody that that I shouldn't be overlooking? Am Am I too wrapped up in what I have going on to stop for the one person that you're calling me to love and release peace and joy over? Patience. Father, am I experiencing the fullness of patience? Am I experiencing long-suffering? Am I am I experiencing when something is inconvenient, inconvenient to me that I'm able to walk in patience? Kindness. Lord, do I am I receiving your kindness? Am I walking in your kindness? Am I releasing your kindness to the world? Goodness father what does goodness look like Is goodness being manifested in me am I releasing goodness over other people or am I releasing a different spirit over other people faithfulness and gentleness and self-control you can go through the list and it's if you're not experiencing that then all that means is you're not it's not that you're less than it's that there's something going on that needs to be addressed and nine times out of ten forgiveness repentance, breaking judgments, breaking vows, breaking agreement with the darkness and choosing to agree with the kingdom of light. These are gonna be your basic go-to things. They're going, this is how you're gonna clean the sludge out of your heart on a regular basis. This is how your spiritual hygiene's gonna go. And it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't have to happen overnight. It's a process, like I said, going all the way back. You are given a choice. You can choose now to enter this process desire to be free and pray a simple prayer lord i desire to be free and just know you're entering a journey and it's 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 a good journey because it's going to unlock unlock you to not just walk in your destiny but there's people there's other people in this world that jesus has that the father has created that you're designed to minister to and if you're so stuck because there's this, like a foot of sludge inside your heart, how are you going to ever minister to them? And would they even receive what you would say to them? Because, let's be honest, you haven't taken the log out of your eye. You haven't cleaned the sludge out of your heart. And this is not meant to be condemning. This is meant to be like, let's do the stuff, guys. Let's, let's be an emotionally healthy church because God has a huge mission for us. You know, and what are you going to do when the hooker walks off the street and comes in here What are you going to do if a transgender person walks in here? What are you going to do? Are you going to have the love in your heart to be able to minister to them and see beyond that and see a hurting person? Or are you going to be so hurting in your own heart that you're going to be ineffective? So I just encourage you, like, take some time as uh, Jamie and the worship, just as Jamie worships and worships, just reflect and use you can use this tool you can use another tool you could just say Lord where do do I need to forgive Lord where do I need to repent and like do it like we need to go from like desiring to be free to actually doing the things that make us free so um, so Dave's gonna close and uh... I'm gonna hobble over there and move the camera Let me just pray for you real quick, though. Father, we just come before you now, and we thank you that you desire us to be free. Father, I thank you that you desire freedom, emotional freedom, emotional health, a proper balance in all things, so not, not just so that we can feel good and, and not be in pain anymore, but so that we can live the fullness. Father, that our souls would prosper that, as we, that our souls would, would prosper and, and, and as that occurs, that we prosper. And that's not just, mon, that's not monetarily, God, that's, that's a prospering, a fullness of prospering in all things, in, in health and, and wellness and just being able to love you, God, and to walk in your kingdom. So, Father, we just thank you. Thank you for my my family, my friends here. Lord, have your way. Just ask you to have your way in Jesus' name.
1: Let me clap it up for Pastor Josh. That was a, a good word. What I mean by a heavy word, I don't mean like heavy emotional. I mean heavy, like there is a lot, a lot of meat in there. So when we stand, we're gonna we're just gonna give you guys an opportunity to come down for to receive some prayer and also close out in worship. But as we're closing here, I just felt like the Lord was just stating to us, or sitting to me, you know, th- there are a couple of lies that the enemy uses, okay? I like think one of the most famous lies that he uses is that you have life and now it's over, right? Jesus said, I have come to give you life, life abundantly. And many of us come to faith and we think that, okay, it's all over. I'm born again. I'm, I'm good to go. But I'm telling you that that is a part, part lie. There are a lot of people in the church at large that, I'll be quite honest, emotionally speaking show no difference than the world. Right? We have such a focus on the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we forget about the fruit. I'm going to be honest, like you have no business using the gifts of the Holy Spirit if you don't bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The, like, I know people that are lost, that are condemned to hell, that live better lives and holistically healthy lives and emotionally healthy lives than many believers. That is a sin. I mean that is just horrible, right? This isn't to put like heaviness on you. It's a notion that it is a responsibility as a believer, as a son and daughter of the Most High God, to say, I'm coming clean before you and I want everything that is of the world, everything that is carnal, everything that is not of you and I don't want it in me anymore. Set me free from a carnal man. And the second thing here is, I know that this is Mother's Day, but I'm telling you right now, when I'm cranky in my house, Everyone's cranky. When I'm joyous in my house, everyone is joyous. And another lie that we need to really dispel here is this is a message that is not for females. This is a message for all. Men have been trained in our culture to hold back the emotion, to hide it, to compact it. And now what you just have here is now you just don't have sludge. Now you got like constipation, right? And now you got a stool that's been compacted and doesn't want to come out. I know that's gross, but I'm telling you. There are many, many men. Actually, you know what? Not many men. Most men. Most men in the world and, gosh, most men in the church just want to stay away from this stuff. I'm a man. I'm not going to deal with it. You're not going to have life abundantly. And what's going to happen here is you're just going to cast the curse to the next generation. Right? You right now, we right now, we need to break this type of unhealthy emotional curse and not allowed to go to the next generation and men if you are a father if you're the head of a household you are the priest of the home and if you're not taking care of this stuff don't be expecting your wife to don't be expecting your wife to get it all cleaned up for your kids right we as men as the priests of the home have to lead the way in this and we need to say look Our emotions, the things that have happened to us, the responses, the chips on our shoulders. Man, there is a better chip and it's He is the cornerstone, right, which the builders rejected. That all things and all beings will be broken on, and that's including your emotions, including your emotions. So Father, we come before you, Lord, we say males and females, those made in your likeness, Lord. We want to be a people that have not just life, but life abundantly. Lord, we want to have a life and a freedom from our emotions. That the world, when things get rough, and things get tough, and things are difficult, that the world would say, how can you be so emotionally healthy? Lord, we, we, we want to be a people that just don't get saved, Lord. We want to be a people that get saved from all the junk of this earth. To be transformed and molded into the image of Jesus Christ. So we invite you right now Lord God to convict us, to humble us, to show us the things, those deep places that need to be rooted out so that we can have life, but life abundantly. In Jesus name, Jesus name. As a reminder, I forgot to say, this Wednesday we're not going to have prayer uh, because we have the Saturday night healing night. So Wednesday, once again, we will not have prayer night. Um, But please, we hope to see you Saturday. Have a wonderful Mother's Day. Please do not forget your gift back there. But also, feel free to resign in the presence and come forward to get some prayer on such matters. Have a wonderful week. God bless.